Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, September 10th, 2023. We'll be focusing our attention today on a reading from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, beginning in the 13th chapter. Let's hear what Paul has to say. He writes, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who has loved another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and in jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The Word of the Lord Dear God, may only your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Many of you may know that, as Anglicans, we follow a liturgical calendar. Throughout the year, we have certain major festivals like Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. If you were to look up today's date in a liturgical calendar, you would discover that today is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. However, I think there may be a more practical name for this particular Sunday. I wonder what would happen if we changed the official name for today to the first Sunday after Labor Day. Or maybe we could call it the Sunday after Back to School. Whatever name we put on it, we definitely should not be wearing white. Although I'm joking around a little bit, there is an interesting trend that happens in churches throughout North America between now and Thanksgiving. People who have been away for most of the summer gradually start trickling back into church. People are finishing summer vacations and will shortly begin closing up their cottages. Life will gradually begin to return to the routine that we enjoy between September and Victoria Day. As I prepared for today, I began to think about what Welcome Back looks like. One of the first things that we often do when reconnecting with friends is to catch up with what's been going on. You often see this as we come back from the summer and return to our routines. We chat about our summer vacations, time at the cottage, and what our families have been up to. This is just a natural part of our conversations because we are relational by nature. As people, we were built for relationships. It's hardwired into who we are as people. Over the last several weeks, we've been reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, and that letter speaks a lot about relationships. Paul spends a lot of time talking about the relationship between Christians, but also about the relationships between the Christian church and the surrounding community. We spent some time considering that last week. Today's reading from Romans picks up on that same thread. Paul talks about our love for our neighbors being the fulfillment of the Mosaic Law. Elsewhere, in another one of his letters, the Apostle Paul wrote, If I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, 
I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. This all reflects that an important part of our Christian faith is how that faith impacts our relationships. Coincidentally, this morning, we also have a reading from Matthew's Gospel that also talks about relationships. In this text, the author of Matthew's Gospel quotes Jesus giving some relationship advice. According to this advice, when a dispute occurs, we are to begin seeking a resolution privately and gradually seek help from others only if private resolution is unsuccessful. The goal remains clear. We are to seek to resolve conflict whenever possible. When we consider these two texts together, they emphasize the importance not only of love and compassion, but also of reconciliation when hurts or offenses do occur. I think many, if not most of us, can attest to the importance of having loving relationships. These relationships often include our parents, siblings, friends, a spouse, or maybe our own children. But as we mentioned last week, relationships are not always easy. Sometimes we are offended by others, and sometimes we are the ones who do the offending. And that's where Jesus' relationship advice comes in. In my own experience, when people feel hurt or offended, we are often tempted to respond in one of two extremes. We either clam up and bottle everything up inside. Alternatively, we go for the other extreme and lash out in pain and anger and go for the nuclear option. Neither are healthy, for us or for others. Instead, Jesus offers us a middle way. Approach the other person quietly, one-on-one. If that is unsuccessful, then we gradually escalate things. Ultimately, Jesus tells people that if the offending person does not listen, they should be treated like a Gentile or tax collector. But what does that mean? Let's not forget some of Jesus' last words to his disciples. Later in Matthew, we read that Jesus taught his followers to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he had commanded them. The Apostle Paul also wrote to the church in Galatia, saying, There is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ. So we begin to see that Jesus' injunction to treat certain people as a Gentile or tax collector does not equate with treating them as an outcast. Rather, it means becoming more intentional about trying to communicate the things of Christ to them. There is another important element of homecoming. Whether or not you have school-aged children at home, many of us associate September with fresh starts and new beginnings. We may not be walking a child to school, but many of us still think of this time of year as a time for a fresh start. A friend once said that September is almost like another new year. Whether we're buying school supplies for the kids in our lives or returning to work rejuvenated by time away, we often take time in the fall to evaluate where we are and where we want to be. Our reading from Paul's letter gives us a glimpse of this as well. 
Paul tells his readers to wake up from their sleep and to get to work doing the things God intends us to do as church. One translation puts it this way, Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over, dawn is about to break, be up and awake to what God is doing. Paul is clearly calling people to be alert to God's mission in the world. Paul's words ring out as clearly today as they did in the first century. We too must continually dedicate ourselves to expressing God's mission in our community and in our world. At its heart, Paul's letter to the Romans is asking us whether church is a place that we go to for a couple of hours on Sunday morning, or is church something that we do every day? One of the most radical things that Jesus taught was that faith needs to be dynamic and living, not stayed and controlled. Our Christian faith is at its best when it's on the move, engaging people where they are, and not limited to our building or our books. Over the next few weeks and months, we'll be considering how we might be alert to God's work, both in our midst and in our community. It means paying attention to ourselves and our relationships, and committing ourselves to the future work of our parish in our community. It means bringing both our financial and human resources to bear on the task at hand. May God grant us the courage, wisdom, and power to meet his call, to meet the task he has set before us. Let's pray. Lord of the Church, you call a broken people around your table. In times of disagreement, teach us to listen, loose us from prejudice, and bind us to your way of forgiving grace. Through Jesus Christ, who stands at the heart of our gathering. Amen. Amen.